right. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lost in the Long Box. We're back. Um, I'm your host, Randall, with my other two co-hosts here, Thomas and Madman. Boys, you, that's your cue. Hello. Hello. All right. How was your weekend, guys? It was awesome. Great. Fantastic. I feel like I missed out on something. Oh, you did week. miss out on something. Okay. We're, we're going to get <laughs> okay. to that. It's like I said, the the stun yeah. stun silence in the lobby was enough to just like what just happened. So, so we're going to get to talk about yeah, that. We'll, we'll get to that in a okay. moment. Uh, so first off, I actually want to uh, thank all our listeners and subscribers out there. Um, you guys are actually making us quite proud here at FXBG Public Radio. Madmen tell me we're one of the fastest growing podcasts. So thank you guys for that. Um, and again. We're at Lost in the Long Box on Facebook and Lost in the Long Box at gmail.com. So feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what you think. As a matter of fact, I do need to thank our one listener, Tom M. Last week's conversation, we were talking about the superhero movies that we thought had done the job and others that had failed miserably. And Tom actually sent us some comments of what he thought worked for him and what didn't work. His hits, um, he liked Iron Man, said it started off the MCU really good and the whole thing with Tony Stark going, I am Iron Man, set up beautifully the tradition of having the post credit scenes, especially when he start with Nick Fury, and they continue that over. And his missus, he actually said Superman Returns, the one with Brendan Routh, he said the problem, real big problem with that one was, how could Kevin Spacey be such a boring Lex Luthor and have the, the same plot as before, land, you know, he wanted to create real yeah. estate, which I have to agree I hated that one also. And since we're going to backtrack on that one, my big problem with that one is the fact that he had a son and Lois Lane says she didn't know who the father was, which means one of two things is happening. Either she's lying because she knows it's Superman's son or she really didn't know who the father was, which makes her a slut. And I'm concerned about either one. <laughs> or maybe it's just more Jesus imagery for Superman. Right. Well, and I'm thinking if the baby didn't have superpowers, it probably wasn't Clark's. Yeah. Well, so. well I think she knew, too, the whole scene where she, he well, pushes the I mean, the I don't, I don't know asthma. because I didn't, I didn't see the Superman asthma. returns, but still. Right. So, well, I mean, if he had asthma, wouldn't you think it was like, it's probably not his because that guy, I'm pretty sure that guy's right, Superman. Right, yeah, because I think the asthma was psychosomatic. I don't, I don't think that was real. I think it was in his head. It was a stupid plot point. Oh, it was. I, I totally agree. stupid movie. All right. So, anyway, thank you for your comments, Tom. Appreciate that. And, again, listeners, you know you can always email us and tell us what you think of some of the topics we have. What's that email address again? Lostinthelongbox at gmail.com. Awesome. I know you just like to hear me say that because you're waiting for I'm going to trip over my own tongue on it, right? No. <laughs> just trying to drive the point home. Gotcha. So, actually, a couple of things we're going to do before we get into our regular bits here. I got my copies of previews in this week. And for those of you who don't know, previews is the big book that comes out once a month that tells you all the upcoming comics by all the publishers out there. And it is a thick book. It isn't just the comics. It's the, the games and the toys and the trading cards and magazines. And both DC and Marvel have their own version of it. But there were some items in the previews that struck my fancy that I'm going to share with you guys because I thought you two would both get a kick out of it. What's coming up, man? Tell so us. the first one. Pardon me, I have to reach across wow. the table. Image Comics has got one coming out called Die. And Die is kind of like Jumanji meets Stranger Things. It's some kids who are playing a role-playing game and then disappear into some other realm and then come back like two years later and can't speak of where they've been. So this looks like it might actually be pretty good. Die? Yep, it's essentially just called die. It sounds like an interesting premise right there. Well, die is in roll a 20-sided die or yeah. a 10-sided die. Well, it's a uh, what do they call homonym? Right. So I kind of actually like the looks of that one. The other ones that are coming out, Marvel is actually finally starting to do something right, I think. First really? Off, now, you, now you say Marvel's now, finally doing something right? Well, they've seen got, the Iron Man movie, right? Yeah, that, well, all right, rephrase that. Marvel, the publishing company. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fantastic Four number five will be featuring the wedding of Ben and Alicia. And they said this actually is the real wedding. They're not going to pull a switch or a not wedding like some other couples yeah. that we know. But the other two things that are coming out that actually piqued my interest. Remember that great supergroup, The Defenders, with Namor yeah, and the yeah, Hulk? Yeah. And, well, they're doing another one. Oh, cool. But this one is, it looks like it's going to be four one-shots. 
So there is a Defenders. That'd be a limited series, wouldn't it? It's an Immortal Hulk Defenders number one, Namor Defenders number one, Doctor Strange Defenders number one, Silver Surfer Defenders number one. They're all one shots. One shots. But well, they all tie in together, and then they end up in Defenders number one itself, like Earth's Last Hope. Now it's a limited series, but just the fact that they're bringing those guys back in a little in a little series is actually kind of cool. So I like that. And the other one that they're doing, which to me, was a about damn time. Remember that really awesome series in the seventies, What If? Mm-hmm. Yes. You're gonna then you're gonna love this. It's forty dollars. What If Classic, the complete collection, volume one, trade paperback, trade paperback issues one through twelve. That's oh. so awesome. And that's coming out, I think, like in December, January. So I am definitely getting a copy of that. Yeah, that would probably be worth picking up. I always liked the What If stories. They were they were great. They're very. It's like. Marvel's Elseworlds, I love this. Right. Well, yeah. this is no, this is a precursor to Elseworlds. This was yeah, in the seventies. Exactly. DC. This was one where DC stole it from them and said, "That's a great idea. Let's yeah. do that." So I thought I'd mention those because I read those Sunday, Sunday night, and said, "Wow, I've got, got excited, to tell, huh? Got to tell the guys about <laughs> this one." Yeah, yeah, I got excited. I understand. How about they have a, are they going to put out a what the compilation? Oh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I actually liked what the the well, thing with what the it only had one run, whereas what if I think yeah, they had like like two or three, right? Right, and this is actually going to be the original first what if because remember they rebooted that thing mm. the late nineties, I want to say, yeah. and it just wasn't as good as the original seventies no. run. Yes, but the one that run did give us some uh, major characters. Uh, the one issue did give us Spider Girl. And oh, she, right, and she yeah. spun off into an ongoing series. So there now, was, was that, that May Parker before the whole M two universe. I'm not certain to be honest with you. Okay. I, yeah, we'd have to look it up to be sure. I'm not 100 percent certain. I just know that Spider Girl's ongoing series came out of that What If issue. Okay, but remember too, the first What If series gave Internet. us the whole <laughs> Jane, Fos- yeah. Jane Foster as Thor, which they then turned around and said was the first original appearance of Jane Foster's Thor, even when the book came out. So Yeah, that was a good, what, 30, 40 years before it? Right. It, and then, of course, what happened? That issue, what if, took off through the ceiling because some back issue dealer got smart and said, well, look, Jane Foster was actually Thor 20 years before in this book. <laughs> Is that your handwriting you just showed me? Yes, it is. I was, wow. I was illustrating. I can't read that, dude. Neither can I. <laughs> yeah, it says, it says here May Parker's first appearance was What If Volume 2, number 105, right. February 1998. So that looks like the, the one that you're Which, referring to. The, actually, um, that's about the same timeline because I think it was the early 2000s. They did M2 with the so yeah with May Parker as, as Spider-Girl, and then they did the, the new Avengers, the second tier of Avengers. Not new Avengers. They were called Avengers, but they were like all the children of the Avengers type of thing. Oh, okay. I think one of them was even um, the daughter of one of the villains from back in the day. So, also, <clears throat> let's discuss a couple of the big news items that hit over the week. I don't know if you guys heard this one, and I actually think this one is probably a red herring and it was staged. But Mark Ruffalo apparently was on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and let slip the title of the next Avengers movie. Really? They bleep it out, but a couple of savvy listeners were able they actually bleeped t- it out. They they bleeped it out on a show. A live? On a live show. Well, remember, there's always Oh a th- my god, there's, there's a th- somebody in the booth. There's a 30 yeah. second delay. I know, there's somebody in the booth. So what happened is a couple of smart people got the audio, cleaned it all up, so you actually hear him saying The Last Avenger. So everyone's been saying that it's probably going to be Avengers 4 Annihilation, or was the hint. According to this, he was saying it was The Last Avenger. But the reason I call foul on this I don't know if you saw the video a couple years ago of him and Don Cheadle doing an interview about Infinity War, and Mark Ruffalo says something about, like, everybody dying or what have you, and Don Cheadle goes like, dude! And Mark oh, Ruffalo really? like, oh, d- am I going to get fired? And John Cheadle's like, probably. So they, <laughs> I love it when somebody like Don Cheadle scolds uh, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, oh, that's a great, you have to look it up, it might be on YouTube, but, but apparently he dropped a couple of details, and Don Cheadle's just like, Looking at him like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> you signed papers so, just like I did. So I think they're actually playing on that again, and The Last Avenger might just have been a joke. Right. Uh, but we'll see. If it well, comes down and actually is The Last Avenger, then we'll know. What would you name it? I would have gone with The Avengers 4 Annihilation. Okay. Because that would be the only way to follow it up. Because they've already done Infinity War, the next big cosmic event, especially if they're going to pull in a Nova Corps like people are suggesting, right. Right. it would be Annihilation. If you're also going to try to tie into the Kree and the Scrolls, because remember, what was the end scene we saw was Captain Marvel's pager. Can't wait to see the Scrolls in Captain Marvel. Yes. That's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that one. Have, if you've seen the trailer, she's actually wearing her old Kree armor. That's the whole yeah. reason. That, this is going to be a good movie. Yeah. 
All right, so a couple of other um, big news items that came out this week. You know, in New York City Comic Con was this weekend. Brian Michael Bendis, and you'll be if you'll like this, Thomas, announced to bring him back Young Justice. Oh, oh awesome. So, but here's the thing that was a really weird wrench in it, and this could be really awesome if he writes it correctly. They're going to tie in Amethyst of Gemworld in it as well. Are you serious? He's bringing her into Young Justice, but oh apparently, apparently there's going to be some type of other world or other dimensional crisis that ties into it, which is why she's there. <sighs> okay. okay. If you handle it right, it could be awesome, but this is Bendis, and he has a tendency to sometimes go off the rail, and, yeah. and you say, what the hell did you just yeah, that's do? Yeah, that's a big indicator right there. They're also starting a new line called Wonder Comics. They're going to bring back Doll H for Hero, which really hasn't mm. worked ever. Yeah, I think I'll skip that. But the other one is apparently they're also now introducing a new character called Naomi, who is going to be a young teenage girl of color who lives in a contemporary all-white neighborhood who finds out that the reason she was adopted is that there's apparently some other cosmic threat to the DC universe that's going to be tied in. So they're using her to bring in another major bad. So that looks like it might have a little potential there. And then Marvel... Also announced a couple of things. Remember that really great miniseries, Marvels, with mm-hmm. Alex Frost and Kurt Busiek? With the, with the painted covers. Oh, right. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, yeah. next year's the 25th anniversary. And wow. Oh, my God. Yes. Ugh, I know. Old. Don't, don't make old. Now. That was a great story. Which, by the way, readers, if you haven't read that, you need to go pick it up. That I have is it over a, here in the That's long a box. fantastic story. It's in there. It's in the long box. Which, actually, Marvels is what then turned around and set up DC's version with... Um, Crap Balls, the other Alex Ross painted Crap series. Balls? Yes. Kingdom, Are you talking Come? About, um, Kingdom Come? Yes, thank you. There you go. Kingdom Come. Good call, man, man. Once he did Marvels, he went up to DC and then Kingdom Come, which is another They're great really story. Great one, I like that one well. Yeah. 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 So anyway, with next year being the 25th anniversary, there's apparently going to be a special 25th anniversary edition of it put out, obviously. But the big news is that while they haven't announced what it is, Ross and Music are going to be doing another project at Marvel. So I like that. That's, that, that sounds good. And then the other one that kind of doesn't r- really get me is new Captain Marvel series coming in January. Yeah. I get Carol Danvers is really popular and Captain Marvel is really popular, but yeah. I don't know why you don't release that title closer to the release of the movie. For hype. I guess. It's, well, it's probably just trying to get the hype train going for the movie, which I don't think you necessarily need a whole lot. There's I, plenty of hype train for that. Right. I'm going to go see it opening night. But I think, great. I think if you release it closer to the movie, then everyone who saw it comes running to the comic book shop and, oh, look, here's Captain Marvel number one to go with the movie. That's that's a good point. Instead, now they're going to come in and it's going to be issue 12. And they're going to like, oh, well, I don't want that. And then your customer walked out the door. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. the other piece of news that came out of Marvel, and this one I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and went, didn't you learn so last year they did their big weekly event, Avengers No Surrender, which I don't know if you saw the media hype. A lot of people said, now you're just getting crazy Marvel because it was like four series and it was weekly and it was like some 30-some issues all together. Well, they're now doing a weekly follow-up called Avengers No Road Home. And same thing. It's going to go across all the Avengers titles. And it's like, you know, Marvel, you told us that you heard the readers that you weren't going to do the mega event but yet you keep throwing mega event at us. Well, and the thing about it is the mega event is not a mega event when there's a mega event every, every year. other month. Right. Right. I mean, even even with once a year, it's too much. The mega events need to happen every four or five years or so. You right. Know? And I will give DC their props. They have at least scaled back on them. They're still doing them, but they're not doing them at the rate that Marvel is where no sooner have you read one, than they put another one out right behind it. Well, it's like what DC used to do back in the day when they used to do the JLA, JSA summer crossovers. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's fine. That's not a huge earth-shattering event, but you know, you had a crossover between two major teams. You know, Marvel could do something like well, that. I think in general, most comic books in the modern era are getting like that anyway, where right. it's always there's always a crossover. There's always some big event. There's always some overarching uh, um, Leading narrative. up to it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And um, in back in the day, in like Silver Age and stuff like that, you would have like a year of comics where it's just Spider-Man. Doing Spider-Man stuff, and maybe once or twice a year he'd run into the Hulk or Iron Man or something like that, or usually Johnny Storm, you know. And then, uh, then you might get an annual that has a crossover or two in it. And then, it was like, and then all of a sudden you get this announcement: Oh, we're doing like Crisis on Infinite Earths next year, and you're like, Oh, what's right. that about? And then you'll have hype leading up to that and crossovers and stuff. 
And so, I mean, it's just, it's always happening. You buy a comic book, it's, it's hard not to find more than one superhero. Right. Right. It was a lot more special back in the day when it didn't yeah. happen all well, the time. I you, mean, you, you expect it now, you know? Right. Yeah. It's like those number ones. It's like, I just, ever since the 90s, it's just like comic book companies just love putting number one on a comic book. Right. Well, you, well, you know, the one that really just ticked me off to no end was when I read Age of Ultron, the miniseries. And that was great. Yeah. I love the way it started off. A typical Bendis thing is it started off great, and then it started kind of slumping, kind of slumping. And the part that just really annoyed the living hell out of me is when it ended, it was literally advertising. The story now picks up in other books. And I'm like, you created a miniseries to push another miniseries, yeah. you a-holes. So, which, by the way, reminds me, we just got a text from Tom M., who's listening live. Thank you, Tom. Said that it's a marketing ploy. So I can assume he only means that he was referring to either Ruffalo's Avengers or The Last Avenger or Carol Danvers number one. So there's, there's a delay. So yeah, it's, it could He's be one of those. talking about something that happened ten minutes ago. So the other couple big pieces of news. Apparently the internet broke. I really need that sound effect of, of glass breaking because Chris Evans is stepping down as Captain America. What? And it's like, did you guys not? Like, I guess, has the movie finished? Filming? His contract's done. After he, this, okay. he wrapped Avengers four and his contract's done. And he'd mentioned before that he was going to walk away right. once. Yeah, yeah. this wasn't huge it's, it's, news it's, to me. Right. I mean, it's not he'd like it came out of left field. It. He'd been saying for at least the last couple of years, when it's done, I want to go into other projects. He even said he wanted to direct. But people are acting like you just shot their dog. It's like, what? guys, uh, he's been saying for a couple of years he was going to step out of it. Well, and you figured at some point in time, either Bucky or you know Sam were going to take over as Captain America anyway. That would be awesome. I, yeah. I'm going to assume we're going to get Bucky as Winter Soldier. Yeah, I mean, he's got the one that they've got locked up for the longest, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, probably. Okay. Poor guy. <laughs> and then the other two pieces of news, this one's a, actually a sad piece. Um, actor Scott Wilson passed away over the weekend. Aww. I don't know. Scott Wilson played Herschel in Walking Dead. And it's the role a lot of people know him for. And there's a couple other roles I don't remember, but they actually just announced, I guess, they were going to bring his character back on Walking Dead, and then he passed away. Mm. So that's kind of ironically fitting. And then the other piece of news, and Thomas, this one's, this one's going to get you, because I read it too and went, no way. So Tom King, the writer of Heroes in Crisis, mm -hmm. has basically told us at NYCC that death is permanent in Heroes in Crisis. Because someone asked him about resurrecting the characters that just died in issue one, and he's like, there's no resurrection plans. He says, death is dead. Oh, wow. And, well, for now. For now, well... And Madman, you haven't a comic book. You haven't read this shit. A couple of huge mainstay characters, like from the early days of DC, bit the dust in that first issue. So, <laughs> oh well. But actually, so there's the the news articles that uh, I, I just realized we got the Justice League in here right now. Yes, we do. I'm wearing a Batman. Madman's wearing, wearing a, a Superman. Superman. And you got a Green Lantern shirt so, on. Oh, and he's a Wonder Woman. We got a pretty formidable uh, Justice League trio That's right. here. <laughs> Green Lantern. So back in the day when we were on a bowling team, we were the Justice what? League. You guys are what? Thomas and I was on a bowling team with a, a couple of friends of ours. Excuse me, nerds. And we okay. well, oh no, it gets it gets worse. Hang on. I'm sorry. I know it's a comic book show. So but we damn. we were we were the Justice League, and each one of us had a T-shirt. I had a I think I was wearing you Flash, had the Flash. Yes. Flash. Eddie was wearing um, Shazam. No, I had Shazam. Shazam. And then we had like a Superman and Green Lantern. No, I was Shazam. I was Shazam. <laughs> well, now here's where, here's where it gets really good. The rule was if you did not get your average for that week on like the night that we bowled, the following week you had to wear the shirt of shame, which was the Wonder Woman shirt. Oh. <laughs> and so, yes, I went out, bought a Wonder Woman shirt, and every week it got passed around. Sure a week. <laughs> was it a women's yeah. Wonder Woman shirt? I, I was nice. I went with a red shirt that had like just the Wonder Woman logo on it. But when I was shopping for them, I found a pink one with little stars. Oh, that would have been the one. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to buy this one. And Eddie's like, I will kick you in the net. I would, <laughs> I would be, if I were on your league, I would, I would be that guy on your team who's uh, throwing gutter balls on purpose because just so you I want to wear it. Well, we, ha we had plenty of people ask us questions about the Wonder Woman shirt when it started showing oh, up. Sure. And, they, and, the, and the league got a pretty good kick out of it. Every, sure. Everyone thought it was hilarious. Well, yeah. admittedly, it is bowling. Well, and it, got to the, it did get to the point where every week it was like, who's wearing a shirt of shame this week? <laughs> All right. So, 
that's the news and the noteworthy things from the previews. Madman actually did review a book this week. We so he's yeah, going to. I mean, you're not going to stop me from reading. Comic I'm not going to stop you from reading. Go see a movie. Right, and yes, and actually, you said read something you want to read, and I was like, yes, please let uh, me do absolutely. that all the time. So, Madman, tell us what you read there. Uh, I got a Rick and Morty Volume One. It's a trade paperback. Uh, where to start? We all love Rick and Morty, aren't don't we? I honestly don't know anything about Rick and Morty. I'll be, I'll tell you the truth. Okay. You are the lone man in the room because I've never watched it either. Are you? Serious. I had to ask somebody what Pickle Rick was, and you'd think I'd like slap their mother or something. Wow, I kind of <laughs> want to slap you, <laughs> slap you right now. Uh, check out Rick and Morty first of all, because you guys are like, look, I don't care about your stupid car. I'm going to look at my notes. I'm going to look at my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> I see how it is, fellas. I, I'm just. Moving, I see how it is. I'm just moving around to make sure that I know where I'm going after you're doing your review. I bet it. there's at least one listener out there who likes Rick and Morty. I know, it, I know it's very popular. Is. I do know it's very popular. I, <laughs> yeah. I know that. I, I know it's a very you popular my, cartoon. You have my full undivided attention as of this moment. Yes. You're gonna get a, yeah, you're going to get a text from Tom here in about ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Let him talk. Uh, anyway, if you know anything about this show at all, you know it's it's, it's animated. It, yeah, it's animated. <laughs> And it's very quick and punchy in terms of its jokes. I got a microwave gags. for sale here for only tiny wine. I think that's a good deal. I can't tell. I got all these ends in my eyes. I know that part. Sorry. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what the heck was that, that was all about. But uh, Answer my eyes, Johnson from Rick and Morty, the guy on the TV show. Really? You're oh, the Rick and Morty fan? I haven't <laughs> seen all of them. I haven't seen all of them, which is why I have to say this comic book, you know, I can't tell if these are original stories or if they are like, uh, from what I can tell, they're original stories. I've never seen stories like this on the show. And how do you explain the plot lines of these stories to you guys if you've never, you don't understand the dynamic between Rick and Morty? But uh, the problem with the book, as opposed to the show, is that it, the jokes and stuff don't come as fast as right. they do in the show. And there's only like, like three or four, uh, laugh out loud moments in this book as opposed to if I watch a Ricky and Morty episode, I'm laughing out loud like a dozen times minimum, you know? And so I think, I don't know if it's just the medium because it's a comic book or something like that, but uh, I, well, I, it's still worth the read, I think. I, well, part funny. of the problem is the writer obviously worked with the assumption that you've seen this show and that you're reading it in their voices as you're reading it and you're yeah. getting their delivery, which is probably why some of the humor falls flat. Uh, fair enough. Um, but there's a couple of laugh out loud moments I want to share with you. It might be long. Go right ahead. We okay. got time. Okay, we got time. All right, but this is a little clip of Rick and Morty. They're in prison jumpsuits, and they're in this big prison uh, transport, taking them to this reality that Rick created to, <laughs> because they robbed people. Anyway, long story <laughs> to get to this point. <laughs> but uh, uh, they're on this plane, and Rick's looking around, and he spots this other guy. That's in one of the prison jumpsuits, and they're about to be deposited in, on, in this prison. Like, Forget about that. Did you see that guy over there? This is serious, Rick, Morty says. He goes, so am I, Morty. I think he's some sort of hero or something. Look how stoic and handsome he is. I wonder what uh, he's in for. Jeez, Rick, come on. I bet, I bet somebody murdered his family and then framed him. I'm going to ask. <laughs> oh, come on, Rick. Just leave him alone. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Prepare to drop on my count. Three... What are you in for? You ex-cop stood up against the, who stood up against a corrupt system? Two. Oh, wait, wait. You're an ex-special ops and you just want to see your daughter again. Rick, come on, man. We're about to. It's, they're about, it's like they were about to get jumped in here. This is what he's talking about. He's handsome and stoic. He must be an ally. He must be a like a was a Judge Dredd or something. Well, I was I was envisioning that it was Frank Castle that he's talking to. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I got out of it too. He's talking to the Punisher. He saw, yeah, he saw a handsome guy in there. And it just that, it must that be must the be, Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I love about Rick Sanchez because he's crazy and he's a drunk. That's why I love Rick Sanchez. <laughs> uh, and then there's this other laugh out loud part, and it's so subtle, and it has nothing to do with what they're talking about. It's just Rick is just he he starts with an insult on Morty. Right, and then Morty leaves him, and so then he pulls, tries to pull back the in insult, and I just think this is hilarious. All right, I go fine. I'm, you have until I'm done packing my suitcase to explain. It's like, okay, good, but I mean, honestly though, what's with a kid? You, what's a kid your age doing with a suitcase anyway? 
Doesn't that seem weirdly anachronistic? <laughs> anyway, the, th- the thing is, okay, yes, I, I probably underpaid them. I'm running a business here, Morty, but I'm no dictator or whatever you're thinking. Daphna told me everything, Rick. She told me you were once, you were the one who pitted their once peaceful tribes against each other. This is all a game to you. Oh, oh I get it. Uh, you got a case of the wiener brain. Take it with your old wiener again. I don't have wiener brain. That's uh, essentially the, the clamato of people with wiener brain. I'm out of here, Rick. You can exploit people without my help. They can leave anytime they want, Morty. I didn't create the concept of supply and demand. I merely abused it with very little regard for basic human dignity. Decency. And this is the last thing he says. This is the last thing he says as Morty's walking away. And I'm sorry about what I said about your suitcase. The more I think about it, the more I wonder why they even went out of style to begin with. Grown men shouldn't wear backpacks, Morty. Grown men shouldn't wear backpacks. <laughs> It is. It, those are like really good af, out, laugh out loud moments from this book, and I, I and I, I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read the shorts that are in the back. I love a bit about it. You didn't create supply demand. Yeah. You just took advantage. <laughs> well, and you got to love the phrase "wiener brain." I, I've never heard that before, but I will definitely have to use that again in the future. That was great, right? But, yeah, wiener brain. And at the end of this book, they have several like uh, what they call shorts, which is a very short clip. It's and they're very hilarious, and I'm. If you pick up this book, pick it up for the shorts in the back. Gotcha. And if you don't know who Rick and Morty is, Let me see shame this. on you. I will probably be reading this. Yeah, because it's, yeah, absolutely borrow it. Just bring it back and put it back in the long box, you know, yep. so we can all trip on it later. So. Yep, I'm going to take it home and read it with my pilot sitting there now. <laughs> okay. There you go. And, uh, yeah, you can lend it, lend it to old Tom if he wants to read it. So when it comes to rating this book, I'll give it, uh, I'll go with nine out of 13, uh, Word bubbles. Oh, that's right. I forgot you adopted a 13 balloon system. Because I was introduced to the show before I was introduced to the book, that kind of makes me a little biased in terms of like my so, laugh per minute rate. So I do have a question on, on your rating system. Okay. Why 13? Because it's an odd number, like five is. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. I got you. I thought maybe it was like a warehouse 13, 51, oh, area I, 51. No, I have three books I've written. Mm-hmm. On Amazon.com. Uh, exit 13. Exit 13. St- stay keep right. left. Keep right. And <laughs> I haven't written oh, that it, one yet. It, oh, it's keep uh, right, exit left, or merge left, and then no. I can't. Exit 13, keep right. Exit 13, merge. Okay. Exit No, exit 13. The number two one is exit 13, blind corner. Okay. And okay. exit 13, merge. And they're all available on Amazon. Just look for Scott L. Robbins yes. with two T's and two B's. I actually went and looked at them just the other week, which is why I'm familiar, somewhat familiar with the title. Like I said, I was obviously screwing them all up. I'm going to download those mothers this weekend and read them. They're 99 cents. All, all the more reason to download them this weekend and start reading them. Yes. All right. There you go. See, well, I don't have the Kindle or like the reading device on my phone, so it's going to have to go right on my computer and read it from there. Or so. something like that. You can read right. it on your phone. Yeah. Well, I... What? That is a particular <laughs> pet peeve of mine. I don't like reading on these size things, which is why I like to have pads or tablets, what have you. But I don't have any tablets or pads, so we'll get there. All oh, right, but, so yeah. thank you very much for that, Madman. That sounds great. I, I actually had taken that from Madman and put it in my pile, everyone. I'm going to be reading it this week. <laughs> you straight up took it from me. <laughs> yeah, I did. I didn't even wait for the finished review. I put my hand out and says, gimme. Well, actually, I think I've just ruined the best parts of the book for you. Nah, that's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that as I'm reading it, because I've seen enough enough of the cartoon that I'll probably hear it in their voices. So, mm-hmm. But we, as you may or may not know out there, Venom opened on Thursday. Woohoo! Venom! So Thomas and I went to go see it. Madman said, not over my dead body. Uh, <laughs> Apparently I made the wrong choice. You did make the wrong choice. But before we get there... Let's give you a little bit of history of the Venom character for those of you out there who don't know. Like, I know Tom M. is not really familiar with oh, the character other so than... So we're taking him back to the Secret Wars, well, That's we? right, exactly. And, wow, nice pull, Madman, because Venom does first show up as just a black costume in Secret Wars number 8, miniseries from Marvel in the mid-80s. Because, who, who is it, that Hulk was a dick to him? Because Hulk was a dick to Spider-Man? He's like, where'd you get new clothes? No, it was Thor, wasn't it? No, well, it was Thor and Captain America. So what happens is yeah. Spider-Man's costume gets royally ruined in one of the earlier issues yeah. of Secret All, War. A lot of them do. All yeah. of them do. Yeah. And so Spider-Man comes walking to the little hidden base. If, if you don't know, this 
all-powerful entity in the Beyonder beyond has here. taken a group of superheroes from Earth and a group Your of villains, villains, put them on a planet fight. and said, and now you fight. <laughs> because he wanted to test, he wanted yeah. to see the nature of good and evil. And he said the best way to do that is to make people fight until, yeah. you know, there's a victor. Spoilers. So, really, this thing's like back in the movie that, if they don't I'm, know by it's now. It's a joke. <laughs> Why did you get laughed after it? <laughs> but anyway, so... Spider-Man comes walking to the little base, and now they all have brand new clothes. And he's like, hey, where Where'd did you, you all get, get the new yeah. costumes? You know, there's all, well, there's a machine, the machine in the room. So they walk off. So he goes in there, and there's literally like 70 huge-ass machines yeah. in this room. And he goes, guys, which one is it? And he walks up to one, and a little black ball spits out onto his hand yeah. and engulfs his entire body and now makes a new suit that's black with a white spider. That is way easier to draw. The first problem is he just automatically assumes, oh, this must be the thing that makes clothes. <laughs> it's, it's obviously clothing. And it's not. <laughs> it, it poured on you, dude. And, it's and not clothing. And there's one point where he's actually saying, well, okay, this is nice. It's not what I was going with, but I guess I can use a new look. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I wonder how I get it off. And when he thinks it, the suit retracts. Yeah. Okay, that should be a hint and a half for your ass that there's something wrong with this suit. Yeah. So later on in that series, he's asking everybody, say, hey, man, these clothes are great. Do yours like, you know, respond to your thoughts and change, you know, form when you think they're about like, it? No. And they're like, they're just clothes. <laughs> and, of course, Spider-Man's like, well, then why does mine do yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It's like, so, how smart are you, Peter? Come right. on now. <laughs> So then it goes from there, and it comes back, and then we have the the great debate of is it Spider-Man two fifty two or uh, Secret Wars Secret, eight. Secret Wars eight that is the first appearance of the black costume. Some say it's Secret Wars eight, although Amazing Spider-Man two fifty two was on the stand first. Yes. Okay. So Amazing Spider-Man two fifty two shows up on the news rack before Secret Wars eight does, but that's where he gets the costume. Yes. I wonder why they did that. I don't know, but let me tell you what. Every couple of years, it breaks the internet when people start talking about it. Well, well just do like I do and buy them both. Right, exactly. Yeah. Easy, Easy done that way. That way you're done. <laughs> so what ends up happening is he discovers that this alien costume is actually a symbiotic parasite and no longer is content with just going out during the day with him. It starts taking his body for joyrides. So he goes to Mr. Fantastic and says, by the way, you need to get this thing off of you. It's basically eating you alive type of thing. So he goes to this church bell and the tower rings to get it off of her. Enter Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock was previously set up in a Sin Eater storyline in The Spectacular Spider-Man right. where you find out that he had faked his interview with the guy pretending to be the Sin Eater. Actually, he didn't fake him. The guy was a compulsive liar, wanted the attention, and Eddie Brock didn't check his sources. As a result, Peter Parker outed him, and he loses his job, loses his credibility, and comes down and out. So Eddie Brock is now in this church praying, just like in the Spider-Man 3 movie, to get right. back at Peter Parker when he has gotten the symbiote off, and it falls down, hits Brock, and now you suddenly have two creatures that both hate Spider-Man. And ta-da-ta-da, you have the birth of a new villain. So that's where that comes from. And then it gets a little convoluted from there. A little? Oh, it gets a hell of a lot convoluted. Do you know any more of the history about this, Thomas? Well, the the costume itself, Venom, he's not, he he hates Spider-Man, but at the same time, he loves him. Yeah. It, it's, he, it's, he misses him. Right, he misses him, and he loves him. As a matter of fact, there's a storyline in one of the later Amazing Spider-Mans where Peter basically takes off his costume and says, you want me? Come get me. And, yeah, yeah. And Eddie Brock is saying, he says, that's not going to work. He, yeah. We're not going to do that. And all of a sudden, the, the, the costume starts moving yep. towards him. And he's like, no, you can't do this to me. And it knocks them both out when he tries to bond with, with Peter. Yeah, didn't so, he go to Mr. Richards again, Dr. Reed Richards again to get him like he had a sonic blaster or something like that. Blasted him off him. Like yes, that. yeah, he's used sonic blasters to take him out and the bell and towers, bell towers, you know, whatever he can he can do because you know, of course, Eddie is immune to the spider sense. So, <laughs> right, yeah, that's the thing about the costumes. It, yeah, Eddie's stronger. You know, he you know he's immune to the spider sense, and you know he has no problem coming after trying to kill Spider Man. Well, what was the frequency range? Do you remember from the movie? Oh, I don't remember now. It's high. It's, it's it a very like, high range. It's high. I know an MRI will do it to you. Right. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? It's a scene from, from the, the movie. That's from the movie. <laughs> I thought I remembered. I thought I remembered. I'm going to have to look it up because I thought I thought one of you would have remembered. But I thought I remembered them saying it was four, 4K. It's extremely 4,000 hertz. Right. It's very high. Which four, 4K is not very high. 
But that's what I think that's what they said in the movie. So I want I want to look that up. Well, what is, what is I can tell frequency? you in the I can tell you in the comics, Reed Richards straight out fires a sonic gun at him to do it. Uh. So, but there's also a little bit of weird history after this. Apparently, at one point, Eddie Brock sells a costume on a villain black market for like a couple million dollars to someone named Lee Price, I think. I was reading an, an up on that, and I was wondering how that would do that. If if the if him the costume trying to leave to go to Spider Man knocked him unconscious, how did he just you know take it off him? Well. Uh, and this also eBay. apparently leads into the – at one point when Eddie Brock is in jail, I think it's Rikers Island is their penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Um, the Venom symbiote comes to find Eddie Brock, and a piece of it finds Cletus Cassidy in a cell next door and yeah. breaks a little piece off, and that's where we get Carnage from. Yay. And that's why Eddie Brock ends up getting the costume back because Spider-Man has to enlist Venom's help to defeat Carnage. Oh, this gets, gets, it gets, it gets, I know it gets worse. <laughs> it gets Keep worse. going, brother. Keep so, going. And then, once Eddie Brock gets rid of it again, it now ends up with Max Gargan, also known as the Scorpion. And it basically promises Max Gargan. Now, at some point, the symbiote has gotten its own intelligence here because now it is speaking to the other parties because it promises Gargan a lot more strength yeah, and power if it bonds with them. Yeah. And so. It becomes Black Scorpion or Score Venom or whatever you want to call it. Um, but then after that, Harry Osborn enlisted in his Thunderbolts group to take out the new Avengers who are supposed to be an evil organization and are blamed for something, which I'm, I'm sorry, everybody, I'm a little bit fuzzy on the details. But what I do remember is after the whole rain collapse of the Avengers, Norman Osborn and his little group of the new Avengers, he injects the Mark, the Max Gargan Venom with a new type of drug that makes it look more human, and it becomes an anti-hero. And then from there, it ends up becoming a partner of Flash Thompson, which is a whole nother history of Flash Thompson. You remember Flash Thompson, the, the bully from yeah, Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah, the bully. Yeah. So at one point in the comics, he goes into the military, loses his legs, and then when he bonds with the, the Venom symbiote, he now becomes a hero and he becomes a guardian of the galaxy. Oh yeah, it is so freaking convoluted you <laughs> he, don't even know, brother. He goes brother. by the name of Agent Venom and he has right. legs when he has the costume bonded to him. I, um, they they the, won't allow the costume to be oh. bonded to him for more than 48 hours though they don't risk let, the costume taking over oh, him. For let, me, let me tell you, when I was reading Spider-Man recently and I saw that Flash had the Venom symbiote, I literally had to set the book down and go, what the F? When did this happen? And I'm like, where's where's my Google? Because I really didn't know how the hell did Flash Thompson end up with the Venom symbiote. The last time I read a Spider-Man comic book was when the Carnage stuff was happening. Right. I I remember Maximum Carnage. Yeah, and I was like, I, no. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan. I've never been a fan of Carnage. I didn't particularly care for that storyline. It just wasn't for me. And, well, and here's the problem with Venom in the comic books. It was another classic Marvel case of taking an awesome character and just driving it into the ground. Can you say Wolverine? Yeah, like Wolverine. <laughs> Same thing. All right. All right, so now you might be out there, listeners, if you're still awake, going, why the hell did we go through all that? Because you saw the Venom movie. Just right? to have a little bit of history so that we can talk about the Venom movie. So here's the thing about the Venom movie. If you have seen the trailer, you, like everybody else in this room, me, Thomas, Madman, EK, back there on the soundboard, everybody saw this trailer and went, this is a train wreck. This yeah. is this is a disaster it waiting terrible. to happen. It really did. So here's the funny thing. I actually told Thomas a couple of weeks ago, him and I worked at the same location. I sent him a message like, you understand, we need to go see Venom. And he's like, what? And I was like, you're on a podcast now. You're going to be expected to see the movie. And his reply was, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was not excited about it. So... It, it was really funny because my wife was really excited about seeing the Venom movie, and I was not. And that's just something that doesn't happen. So here's right. what's here's what's funny, listeners. I We have a mutual friend who we do another podcast with when we do our pirate gaming here on Wednesday nights, who usually is the one who gets all the tickets when we go to a superhero movie. So I texted him and said, Robert, are you getting tickets for Venom? And he's like, I wasn't going to. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, well, Thomas and I have to see it for the podcast. He goes, okay, well, if you're going, I'm in. And as a result, 
a group of about eight of us ended up going. Nice. And honestly, I have to thank every single one of them because they were going for camaraderie and moral support for Thomas and I. And you all thought that it was going to be horrible. And we all were like, this is a train wreck waiting to happen. EK, yeah. you got your mic on over there? Yeah, everyone was ready for it everyone. to be a failure. Okay, this is, how, this is how prepared we were. Wayne was calling it Catwoman. Wow! Wow! So wow, that's that's kind of cold. Yeah, Yeah, we were all like, and you could just tell they're all looking at Thomas and I like we are here to support you guys. That's the only reason we're here, you know. Because I told Thomas, I'm convinced I'm going to come out of yeah. No. I know this is going to be two hours. I'm never getting back. Did they sing your praises after the movie? No, but I'll tell you what. And this is this is where it gets really odd. And listeners, I'll just tell you right now, this movie didn't suck. This was actually very entertaining. Yep, we were waiting for it to be bad, and then it wasn't. We we, we came out of the theater. We're all standing in the lobby, and there's a stunned silence. And you could, we're all looking at each other like, who's going to say it first? And then finally, Wayne goes, I liked it. And we were all like, oh, thank God it wasn't just me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We were sitting there just kind of waiting for the movie to go off the rails and become a terrible movie, and it never did. Right. You're sitting there in the comment section waiting for someone else to post first. Right. Right. (laughs) It was a a good movie. I enjoyed it. It it was good. And I I will say, I sat there watching the movie, and I kept waiting. And I said, okay, when's it get bad? Yeah, when's it going to jump the shark? When's it get bad? Now, here's the thing. The first maybe 30, 45 minutes of it is totally setting up Eddie Brock's character and his relationship and, and watching how his world falls apart. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, this is pretty good. And then you get to see Life Laboratories and how they get all the, the symbiotes. Because Newsflash, spoiler guys, it's not just the one symbiote. They get like three to four of them, right, oh. from this deep space mission. Yes. So, so far, and you're going to love this, Madman, I was actually starting to compare it to Life Force. I'm like, this is Life Force. I, I've seen this movie, and it was called Life Force. But they've got just enough of a different hook that I'm along for the ride. Okay, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'll stay. And I kept thinking, I know this is going to suck. When they bond, that's, that's when it's going to suck, right? So then the bonding happens, and it didn't start sucking. I'm like, okay, well, he hasn't left the apartment. It's, it's going in the apartment. That's kind of funny. It's, it's going to suck when he goes out in the street. And then he went out in the street and started doing things, and it, and it wasn't sucking. And I was looking around at everybody else going, isn't this supposed to blow? <laughs> it, guys, is this, Why am I enjoying this movie? Is, is this right. Cool, is this cool right now? Is, right. That, that, that's what I was thinking the entire time. I was like, I'm, I'm not hating this at all. I'm actually kind of enjoying myself. Guys, guys I, I feel like this might be cool. Right. I'm not sure, but... <laughs> And, and they did some good things with it. Like, Eddie Eddie was in San Francisco, but they allude to the fact that something happened in New York that right. made him come out to San Francisco. They don't say what it is. Falling buildings, aliens coming out of the sky. Well, no, they, well, it doesn't take place in that universe. They, right. Well, they, it doesn't they, take place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That really? The, well, right. they haven't given us anything in the movie to hint at that. I mean, it may they may end up doing it, but from my understanding, it was supposed right. to be a standalone movie outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's why right. Spider-Man wasn't in it. No right. Captain America commercials? Or no. no. Which is also why you don't have the familiar white spider on his chest. They didn't? No. no. It was but all black. I will tell you this. I would be willing to bet the farm they're going to tie it into MCU for two simple reasons. Number one, it aid, it, aid, it made... $80 million over the weekend. It had a record setting in October. Mm-hmm. And number two, they've already announced just, I think, yesterday that Tom Hardy has signed on for three movies. So if you think they're not oh, going to wow. tie it back to MCU and Spider-Man... I, I was, think they'll find it. You know, I was just yeah. about to say, before you mentioned his name... Um, <clears throat> Tom best, Hardy was in that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the best thing about this movie is that Tom Hardy didn't feel like Tom Hardy. Right. And uh, well, for one thing, hey, 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 understand hey, what he was hey con- <laughs> congratulations, buddy. You're improving as an actor. <laughs> congratulations on your level up. There you go. I don't know what I've seen him in other than Venom, so I can't exactly. Really and that's and that's exactly what you should feel. Well, oh, okay, then good. I'm, I'm right where I need to be. <laughs> well, now, now you know he was Bane in Dark Knight Rises, or are you just conveniently forgetting that? Oh, was he? Yes, he's a guy that you can't understand because he has a mask. Oh, yeah, I don't know. He had the mask on. He <laughs> couldn't understand him, so I had no idea. That guy right there yes. with the embellished bad accent yes, like he, a cartoon character. Yes, he, was, he was Bane. Okay. Uh, okay. I was Bane? Which is funny because he, he noticed, he's noticeably smaller in this movie than he was in The Dark Knight Rises. To say the least. Which means he must have been on a hell of a lot of steroids at that time. 
But anyway, if you actually are a fan of the Venom series, there is a couple of Easter eggs in the movie that you're going to really like. Number one is, especially if you're a reader of Spider-Man, one of the astronauts that comes back from the mission that gets hurt is is named John Jameson. Oh, right. Which is... They, they kind of alluded to that, yeah. Right, in, in which the in, the co- in the Spider-Man comics, he becomes Man-Wolf. Right. So th- that was a nice nod. I think I was the only one who got there because I was like n- hitting people next hey, to me. Hey, that's, hey. that's Man-Wolf. Yeah, I don't think they're... I'm wondering if they're going to use him later on down the line or not. Not, I mean, it's, I think it's, you know, next one is going to be Carnage for sure. But, I mean, you could bring in Man-Wolf later on. You could, very easily. Especially if you find out that the symbiotes weren't the only thing they brought back. Yeah, uh, the other thing that they paid a little Easter egg on, and there's there's like six or seven Easter eggs, but I'm giving the, re- the people who read Spider-Man the little nod that will notice this. Do you have any Cadbury cream eggs over there? I do not have any Cadbury oh. cream eggs. But <laughs> do you you don't want one this time of the year because they're left over from Easter, let me tell you. I, I would mind. still eat them. I don't mind. <laughs> but <laughs> I believe in one of the Venom series, they make reference to Venom eating brains and livers because he needed some enzyme in the human brain or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this movie, yes, he actually eats brains. There's a couple of scenes where he straight up bites someone's head off and eats it. <sighs> I'm okay with it. And spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie and you're going to, you might want to turn your feed off and come back in about one minute. The end credit is Cletus Cassidy, who becomes Carnage. <sighs> so that that's coming. Sadly, they had to go that route, unfortunately. I'm not I think a fa- you're right, Tom. I'm not a fan of Carnage either. I think you're right, though. But they had to. I do think you're right yeah, about that. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way it had to go. It's unfortunate, but... I, on the plus side, at least it's Woody Harrelson. I was going to say, I what? love it's Woody Harrelson. I love so, that pitch for it. So, so, it, so, he, so at he's least working it's, hard these days. Yeah, yes. At least it's him. You know, it, actually, if anybody can pull it off and do it well, it's him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's actually trying to pull a Kevin Bacon. He wants to be able to play Seven Degrees of Woody. Nice. I like it. <laughs> I suppose so. I guess you could do that. I think it was more like, oh, Tom Hardy's in this one. Let me show this fool how to act. <laughs> I don't know. I think he peaked at uh, Kingpin. Oh, man, that was, a, that was a hilarious... No, um, he gave me this. Nice ring. Not no. the ring, the hand. No. <laughs> nice hand. No, not the, not the hand, the ring. So, yes, uh, that's actually our take on the Venom movie. I know a lot of you out there are, are probably reading reviews that were saying that thing was horrible. Don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes. I think Rotten <laughs> Who Tomatoes... Who listens to Rotten Tomatoes? I think Rotten Tomatoes has it down to a 37, and that's even for... Um, well, they balance... Readers against critics, and they get a, a median score, right? Isn't that what they do? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I, I don't know. Like you said, I, I don't particularly use them. Well, I don't either, but you would be surprised how many people out there think Rotten Tomatoes is the gospel. And if it says it's a bad movie, then, well, Rotten Tomatoes only gave it a 15%. See, yeah. Well, why don't you shove TV, Rotten Tomatoes yeah. where the sun doesn't shine and make your own? Sorry. <clears throat> this episode brought to you by Rotten Tomatoes. Right. right. Obviously, they're not sponsoring They're going to read right our now. ad for Rotten Tomatoes. No, <laughs> we're not going to read no damn ad for Rotten Tomatoes. That would be great. I might throw a freaking Rotten Tomatoes. Do you hate good movies? <laughs> would you like to only be led to movies that Paramount Studios are releasing? Check out Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, ladies and gentlemen, that voice was EK the DJ. He's actually the owner and operator here of FXBG Public Radio. I need to I need to get him on the mic more often. Because <laughs> I'm, only, right? I'm only funny in small doses. Yeah, he, yeah, he's going to lose us in about five minutes. <laughs> right, exactly. Or do you mean we're going to lose him? Yeah. No, he's go- no. Yeah, I'll we're going to move lost. ahead. Yeah. EK, we behind. have a segment on our show called EK catches up. On, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I fall behind because I'm often distracted. And that's that's on our Shock Monkey Radio e- EK show. EK falls on, behind. Yeah, uh, 6 p.m. on Tuesdays. I actually have one bone to pick with you. I've listened to your other um, podcast, The oh, Center geez. of Infinity, which, by the way, is also here on FXBG Public Cheers. Radio. And I want some of the munchies that are being brought oh in here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> are, they, are they eating on the air? Oh, yeah, oh, he's man. eating on the air. You're cheating. <laughs> it's, it's, you part of, it's part of a segment. It's on the air. You it's, know better. He actually calls it his favorite part of the show, my favorite part of the show, because he gets to eat He gets to eat bakery items. Oh, right. Baked, delicious that's right. goodies. That's that's. That's the perks of that must be horrible. horrible. All right, Just that's enough horrible. of your show. Let's talk about ours again. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so guys out there, uh, if you actually want to read this Rick and Morty book that Madman was talking about, or you want to read any of these Spider-Man and these Venom comics, and you're local here in Fredericksburg, Virginia, then Gateway Comics and Toys at 2368 Plank Road and Route 3 across from Bob Evans, that's where you go. 
So see Ed and his crew for new comics, back issues, paperback, hardcover collections, well as a huge assortment of collector toys. And remember, they recently expanded their store. So if you've been by and couldn't find a certain comic or toy you were looking for, make another tri trip over there because they probably got it now. So I know they've also just recently purchased a large comic collection, and I saw several key silver and bronze age books in there just in a short time that I was looking at them. Shit. So... Well, that's where I got my Marvel yeah, Heroes get over 13. There, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was some beauts. There, there was some beauts oh, in there. Oh, man. Let, yes. me, let me tell you what. I'm, I was about ready to sell a kidney, okay? Yeah. Um, that's, that, that's the issue is I need to sell, like, a kidney. But, yeah, I could have got a heart. lot of trouble yeah. the last time I was in there, but I, I, uh, so, yeah, I didn't. And, and I can tell you, today is Monday the 8th. That was a couple weeks ago, and I can yeah. guarantee you, as now. we were there, Nick was already bagging and boarding. So a lot of these great silver and bronze are now out on the shelves or in the long boxes. So you need to go get them because I can tell you we had other people coming into that new area with Thomas and I, and they were salivating waiting for us to get out the box. So mm -hmm. Yes, they were. They have a sec He has a second appearance of Thor, which is something that oh I would God. love to yes. have. I would love to have that. Oh, but, my yeah. God. Yeah, I made the mistake of asking what a couple of books cost, and I think you could visibly see my tongue yeah. and my mouth dropping. like, yeah, that's more than I have. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God, this sucks. So, yes. so subscribe to all of our shows. Mm. Go to my YouTube channel because I need to start making some serious bank <laughs> so I can buy all these back issues I want. Damn it. What, yeah, uh, See, that's why I stayed out of the comic book scene because oh. I, when I hear about it, it's like, uh, yeah, I bought, a, I bought a collection. I got a whole well, bunch of and – I, And I wasn't kidding. When we were in there the other week and I'm sitting looking through them – Thomas was literally standing over my shoulder going, hey, pull that one out. Hey, go back. Pull, what's that one? Pull that one out. And I'm like, who's looking through the box here? Hey, <laughs> two, four, eyes are better, four eyes are better than two. <laughs> you know, we found a lot of good stuff because we were both looking at the same time. He has a fair and, point. You yeah, know, he does. That's, that's the way I figured it was, would be. If, if we both look, we can find more good stuff. Right. But yeah, he was, and I'm not kidding. Nick was literally sitting with bags and board and said, "Yeah, I'm bagging all the good stuff." I'm like, I can see that. <laughs> you know what we need to do is we need to go to like GW Comics as a team. Are they at GW Comics on social media? Yes, they are. Okay, uh, uh, we should go there as like a team, and we'll we'll sit there and we'll like we'll pick out copies and we'll de we'll debate. You know, we'll debate. Just oh, like what's in there? What's what's worth? It? Is it what, what's a, what's its condition? Oh, yeah, exactly. We should uh, like as a, as a team, but we only look. Together, we don't split up. We don't look at anything. We everything we look through is like, wait, stop. And you do it like a team, and you do it real creepy. What, that what could I, be fun. You know what? I may do someday. I may just suck it up and say, once you bring a box of the high stuff you just got at the show, bring it over here to Lost in a Long Box, and then tell the listeners yes. what you've got in your box. And Absolutely. And tell us in Get the, that guy in, over here in the store new this week. So I'm going to start Get talking. That guy him. over here. That is a yep. good idea. Yeah. So, Maybe we could steal a comic book off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. GW Comics. <laughs> I'm going to lift a comic. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, so you just derailed my brain train because I totally forgot what I, I was doing. I do that a lot. I do that a lot. Yes, you do. That's why we make a good team. Uh, so, again, out there, guys, we are on Facebook, Lost in Longbox. And what's that email address, Thomas? Lost in Longbox at gmail.com. Absolutely. Got it so, we got about seven minutes left. What do you guys want to hit? EK, um, anything you want to touch on? About Venom? About Venom specifically, yeah. um, <clears throat> I liked the cameo uh, at the Woody Harrelson cameo. Yeah, I, I you know, the cheesiness of it was just d delicious. Yes, he, um, lo he loves that stuff. I'm I've always been a fan of the anti-hero, so the Punishers, the the, the Venoms, like when when he's in his good swings. Um, so because sometimes justice is not the same thing as a uh, as good and bad, right? Uh, and I like I, I I don't know I like I I went into it thinking oh maybe it's not gonna suck and I was not sorely disappointed. It was a fun movie. It was, and one of the things about you know piggybacking off that one of the things my wife said she liked about it is it didn't feel like it was formulaic like the Marvel and yeah, DC movies right. yeah, that yeah. it went off in a different direction. You know than you know it didn't like have the you didn't get exposed to the heroic speeches and stuff like that that, that you was... get in the Marvel movies and things like that. It it, it did its own thing, you know, and huh. she and she really enjoyed that. That's actually a very very valid point. It did not have the oh look another Marvel origin movie feel, right? You know, it, it did its own thing. You know, it wasn't. And I tell you, let me tell you what I actually expected to have this be. I told myself, okay, I'll bet you this is going to be one of those movies that 
is going to be so bad it becomes one of those cult favorites that everybody hates. <laughs> but when it comes on, it has a loyal cult following because it's going to be that campy and that bad. And like I'm almost kind of disappointed it didn't go there. <laughs> you keep saying that. I, I just I'm wondering if you like craft like wrote up half of a panning of Venom before you actually saw it. Like as like everything I'm going to say bad about Venom up till this point. I kid you not. I was prepared I to come in and rip this mother, I and feel, I couldn't do I it. I feel like you probably had written three paragraphs. Do you remember? Do you, did you ever see Crying Game? Remember when uh, he's yeah, scrubbing yeah. and he's crying in the shower? That's where I was with Venom when I realized I couldn't, like pan, when I couldn't pan this movie. <laughs> I, I'm glad it was a good movie and wasn't one of those movies that was you know so bad that we watched every time because you know IMAX tickets were twenty bucks a piece, so I dropped forty dollars on a ticket from me, on tickets from me and my wife. Right, right. It would have really stunk if that movie had really been as bad as what we thought it was after I spent all that money. So I am very happy that I was surprised and this movie was good. Well, I think it just shows how good like uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe universe the people who are behind it how good they're getting and making these movies and i think with intellectual property like that hasn't been done in movies before like venom like guardians of the galaxy it's like you can you know take the character take any iteration of that character or any story arc from their history their storied history to choose to start or choose to tell and that gives you a lot of room and if you if you go and you pick like all like all the action comic series all of the action comic series, and you're like, I pick one, the best one or the best run. You know, you don't make a movie as like this one sold the least, right? <laughs> right. And, right. And I think Thomas had a good point. It's almost like they went directly from the series Venom Lethal Protector to get their source material. Because make no mistake, when this movie starts right. off, it Venom, is, like Venom is the bad guy. He's like, okay, we're here with the rest of our brethren. We're going to take over the world. And then as he's bonded with Brock and has learned that there's more to the species than just, you know, dinner, he changes his mind and says, you know, I came here with a purpose, and that purpose has now changed. And I will, I will say that um, our one friend Wayne had the one criticism, which I will agree on. It was a little quick to all of a sudden just have Venom assimilate to Earth standards and, and learn Earth customs and Earth language. And just all of a sudden, he's right there now. He's with Eddie Brock, and he's learned the language that quick, and he knows Earth customs. And I guess they're getting away with that by explaining that he can read the mind yeah, of Eddie. Yeah, I think that's – yeah. yeah so. I think so. And you, know, you mentioned it too when we talked about that. It's only a two-hour movie, so you can only – you know, takes so long for that to happen, you know? Right. Huh. So. But if you have not seen it, and if we have spoiled it for you and you don't care, go out and see Venom. It was actually really good. I can tell you, too, I don't know about your theater, but ours, we had another trailer for Aquaman, and the long version of it dropped over the weekend. Yeah, and I saw it. Uh, I cannot wait. I can tell you it right now. It might be good. Lost might be good. Have you actually seen the part where him and Mera are in the temple and she needs water to activate it? Yes. <laughs> I can that tell was, you. That was okay. Lost in the Long Box will be reviewing Aquaman, so um, just be prepared for it. It was Orm. It was seeing Orm. I was like, oh, that looks so good. Black Black, Black Manta, Manta did yeah. it for me, too. Yeah, I think it, this looks like this is going to be a good one. It, I, I'm, I've yeah. never been a huge Aquaman fan. I'll be the first to admit that, but this looks like it's going to be good. I was already consigned not to go see it. Well, I was telling people, no. No one's going to be making a joke anymore about he talks a fish after they see this movie. It's going to be that good. Oh, we'll still be making that joke. No, we won't. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> well, then that's what I love about the trailer. They they make that joke early on. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's still a good two months away. <laughs> we're not re reviewing Aquaman right we're now. Not we're not reviewing Aquaman yet. Um, <laughs> however, so, listeners, I want to tell you, if you listen to any Lost in the Long Box show, whether it be live or on the podcast later, it's got to be next week. Next week, we are going to have the episode, which will break some of you. It's probably going to break some of us in the room. And I will give you a, a hint. The title of next week's episode is going to be Books You All Need to Calm the Hell Down On. And I would like to say that Randall and I have already butted heads on this one. Wow. Yes. Interesting. We, we, okay. we, we've already had a you are a loser conversation. Yes, we have. So. So, so, yes, make sure you tune in next week. This is going to be a great episode. It will break somebody. All right. So until next time, we're going to be down here just arguing who is better, Betty or Veronica. Because why? We're lost in the long box. Yes, we are. Good night, everybody. Have a good night, Thank everyone. You. Bye. I love you.